0: One, one, okay. What was the name of this podcast? Sorry, not really
1: fun, you just can't get into it because they would never
2: understand.
1: Hi, guys, welcome to another episode of 1T1. You have your host Nikki and Akhil with you today. Hi, all. Mm -hmm. And today, we have a very talented and passionate young mind My dear friend, Ari, she a young master's law student. Beyond the law student, he's also a pleasant and fun personality. Hi, Ari. Hello. Hi.
2: Hi, Ari. Uh, welcome hi, to show.
1: Hi, Nikki. Thank you. I think I'm uh, especially happy today. You know, we have a female guest in the panel for the first time.
2: Yes, am right. your first I yeah. guest in the podcast? Irene, uh, you are the first female guest of our podcast. Yeah, we are so privileged. To have
0: you. Thank you. <laughs> I am
1: privileged. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, seriously, <laughs> it's our pleasure. Uh, so, Nikki, what are we discussing this week? Today, uh, since Irene uh,
1: and I, we are both graduating in 2020, and we're uh, talking about how it feels to graduate in 2020. Yeah, I mean, we are technically graduating in less
0: than a month.
2: That that's cool. Since 2020 has been a really unconventional year. Yeah, I think our uh, we have a lot of discuss about.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, it doesn't sound cool to hear that we are graduating in less than a month because the future looks so uncertain. For me, the present is also uncertain yeah <laughs> exactly <laughs> this year yeah. has uh, a lot full been filled with a lot of uncertainties
2: uh, earlier only like philosophers used to say everything is uncertain and or, like we never you know felt that yeah <laughs> now at this moment uh, it's actually on uh, to us
0: yeah <laughs> it's a historic moment this year
2: yeah <laughs> yeah
1: let me just say chaos is a ladder i don't know why i said that <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh peter baelish <laughs> uh-huh. yeah. oh yeah i uh, like uh from our last week's recording uh i i understood that you are a uh, half gla- i mean glass half pill kind of a person
1: <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i kind
2: of expected that
1: uh who nikki
2: yeah nikki oh, uh, like okay. last week we were dealing about uh we were talking about our uh at a, a chaotic trip, one of uh-huh, our co-hosts uh-huh. uh, Bajad had, and uh-huh. she was, you know, uh, taking it so positively. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: hmm.
2: So, uh, tell me, Nikki and Aaron, uh So, how exactly does it feel to uh, say graduate in like less than a month? Uh, and like, how the job market have 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 you started searching for jobs and? Uh, things like that. Have you started feeling the real pressure?
1: About graduating one, one from now, um, to be honest, uh, well, you know, sorry, I'm working on um, the thesis now. So that, that as, as of now, I'm trying to get, pull that together. And also, yeah, of course, I'm looking for jobs since, um, for me, especially since uh, I resigned my previous job to do a master's. So um, the unexpected situations, uh, you know, it put me in a difficult spot. So I have to make this work, otherwise um, that would be a big loss for me. So, and yeah, of course, it's a lot of inclusion.
2: Yeah, Uh, here I'm a little bit uncertain about uh, uh, system there so is it something like in India like uh, where in during your last semester uh, companies will come there and uh, do some campus placement is it something like that or uh, once after getting your graduation degree you have to go out and uh, you know start looking it for start looking uh, everything for yourself?
1: In my perspective there are both we have a lot of placements happening here but I'm doing MBA so for us it's not uh, exactly like that. Uh, they consider us, a, uh, us as a experienced mm-hmm. professional. So they provide the network and we have to make use of the network to get a job.
0: Um, there are pretty much a lot of career fairs and stuff like that happening all around. But uh, I don't, I mean, I remember when we came during, during September, October, there were a lot of career fairs and I mean, it's like an exhibition kind of thing happening. So there are a lot of recruiters coming to the campus and we can meet them, network with them and everything. But I think a lot of such things uh, got canceled or postponed because of the coronavirus, I mean, the pandemic happening and a lot of things were moved into uh, virtual fairs and everything. So I don't know how how that happened. Towards the end of the semester, did do, do you know anything like the, of that sort, Nikki? Uh, yeah, they launched an
1: application as such, so so that we can. Um, uh-huh. get, oh yeah, uh-huh. and uh, yeah, they're, they're helping with the series, especially they're helping with how to get a job in uh, crisis like this. So I think that's really um, useful. But um, the problem is that does not apply to me. Maybe to the
2: undergrads and the postgrads maybe mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. maybe like uh, along with corona the the brexit thing is also might be putting you guys in a unique situation which you i mean with the system had never uh, experienced before maybe something like that is also kind of uh, adding some sort of pressure yeah the i mean open market, it, it, market yeah. and all
0: yeah, it 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 will be because uh, if since the UK economy it's in a recession at the moment, so I don't know how uh, companies will be recruiting hereafter or at least at least in this year because I think everywhere, even all around the world, the economy is in a, such a critical situation so i don't know i mean i personally like i when i came back for a master's i always intended to go back to india to work there uh, because i received a scholarship and that's how i came uh, to do my master's here and i always wanted to practice as a lawyer back home uh, but right now even i am uh, you know in uh, kind of uncertain about my plan to go back because I don't know if, if first of all okay, the travel restrictions and everything of uh, all those things and plus even I don't know I think Indian economy is in, uh, in a, you know, a worse condition than the UK so I don't know if I should wait here hold on so my my plan was to go back to india and practice as a lawyer but uh, right now i am quite uncertain about the situation because i don't know if things are going to get worse back home so and if i'll be making a bad decision by leaving here and going back so for me the uk and india is just the same but i wish to go back home and practice as a lawyer there but uh, given the situations i am kind of in a you know in a dilemma about going back also
2: Yeah, I have a question here, but I am not sure whether like that fits into our current discussion point. But Mm -hmm. I'm asking, Uh, like, how can you study uh, law there in the UK and come back to India and practice it here? The system is completely different, right? Or uh, the framework is same and just like the rules are changed. How is it? Okay so,
0: uh, okay, so basically I am an undergrad from India. So I am basically a lawyer recognized uh, in the Indian jurisdiction. And I came here for my master's and I'm not studying UK law or anything. I'm studying international law, international human rights law. So that is something that is universally applicable. So, uh, I mean, I just came because I love human rights law and I love public international law. Those are the areas of law which I am passionate about. So that's how I came here for my master's so even oh, if that's I, really okay.
2: interesting yeah
0: yeah so if, if i can actually practice in international human rights law anywhere because technically human rights are universal or i can come back to india and you know since i am a lawyer recognized under the indian jurisdiction i can practice over there oh,
2: Nice, nice nice oh,
1: can i uh, ask one more question related to that so okay. uh, when you learn uh, human rights or uh, international law uh, just to be curious, how what kind of value adds to your uh, ta- practice as a lawyer in India? Yeah,
0: that's kind of a little complicated question. Complicated question in the sense it depends on what I want to, uh, you know, what kind of jobs I'm looking for. Because if I'm, if, if I'm as a human rights lawyer, I can actually, you know, work in NGOs or, um, or any research or other policy making and such kind of works. Or, uh, I can now practice as a lawyer, like an advocate. I can practice before the courts as well because human rights are technically present in uh, all kind of laws. It's present in international law. It's present in all domestic laws everywhere. Uh, so, so you know, it's, it's, it's everywhere. So, uh, yeah, I don't know if I'm clear enough. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, yeah, can you be sure, can you be more sense, yeah. can you be more specific with your question so then I can't uh, <laughs> know anything about love, sorry. Okay. <laughs> it's okay, I can understand. But uh, yeah, but I think uh, you understand what i mean. you understood what I said. Oh uh, yeah, I understood
1: what I said.
0: Yeah. Okay. So basically, uh, human rights are everywhere. But it's, you know, it, that's a really complicated question, because human rights are not, uh, you know, uh, legally enforceable things. Human rights are values, human rights are everywhere. But even I remember our politicians sometimes say that, you know, human rights are kind of Western concepts, and it's not applicable in India. But uh, it is not acceptable thing. It's like a loophole that the, everybody is making. It uh, is humans
1: are humans.
0: Okay. Yeah, human rights are technically human rights. It's for it's a basic rights which are available for humans. So it can be practiced or enforced everywhere. So even if I'm a human rights lawyer, I can, you
2: know, work everywhere. Yeah, the range of human rights. It's it kind of starts from. Uh as I understood, it kind of starts from, you know, uh, getting the basic necessities like, I mean, it's like a food and shelter, to yeah, even exactly. your data protection, right? Yeah, exactly, next, exactly. Yeah. Okay, so it, it Kind of you know cover a wide range of topics. yeah
0: it is it kind of this, uh-huh. that is another complicated question what are human rights technically right now I can say everything is human rights so we there are you know Western countries or European countries okay our country is really poor so we do we are for us human rights would be food air water shelter and everything so there are developed countries who argue that internet is also a basic human right so uh, the, you know the human right encompasses can encompass basically everything, all
2: your rights. Yeah, yeah because like uh, during my tenure here as in a mm-hmm. consultancy firm, uh, we uh-huh. often have to deal with our clients from Europe and all. So it's uh-huh. like, uh, uh, it's not human rights, it's just data protection that, that will come as a small subset of uh, all yeah, these rights. Yeah, basic rights, rights. Right. yeah. But... But the process of getting a single thing approved from that uh, section uh, in uh-huh. our office wing is so uh-huh. complicated. You have to uh, get compliant with a lot of things. Basically, yeah. that, that, that's interesting to see. Like how uh, how much importance all these countries are giving uh, to all these, you know, GDPR-like of like yeah. policies.
0: In European countries, they have this GDPR regulations. Because but yeah, for it's, us, it's nothing.
2: Yeah, for uh, us, it's not there. Because of the same reason, only we have to take a lot of uh measures Uh, because Uh you know, client wouldn't trust with us. Because uh, if our country India is compliant with GDPR, they if something happens, if something wrong happens, they Uh the client can come back and uh lodge a complaint against Uh our company in India. Because in India, like uh, we have a jurisdiction, right.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, yeah, but because our country is not uh, in line with this GDPR, we have to take a... It's kind of a two, three days of job for a single yeah. person.
0: Yeah, that's true. Through because go the courses uh, and... Yeah, yeah, we hardly have any data protection regulations because, uh, firstly, because we have better basic problems to deal with, poverty and food, water and everything. So, you know, data yeah. protection is somewhere out of the world for us.
2: <laughs> Once you have to sit, you have to sit yes. first, then uh-huh. you have to lean back. and
0: Yeah, yeah exactly. So they, it's almost a sorted out issues in all the European countries. So uh,
2: I think we are getting a lot of points to discuss, but we are kind of deviating from our actual Yeah, that's true. <laughs> but, but it, I, I like this discussion also.
0: <laughs> uh, we can
1: take it hand in hand. Okay, do you want to go back to job markets again? I really like this idea of data protection and human rights. Something I am also looking into. Uh,
0: technically, we have a you know uh, you remember when that question of other came up. So we actually have a recognized right of right to privacy and right to privacy also includes other uh, protection of our data and everything. But you know, it's not a really well-established thing as of now. It's, it's developing. Yeah, yeah. It's I've evolving. heard like,
2: yeah, it's evolving. But uh, yeah. the other thing I've heard, I don't know if I can trust newspapers. Uh, what mm-hmm. I've heard is like uh, in dark web as you can get... Uh, Thousands of people's other number. Yeah, probably. it
0: does. It it actually happened because I remember somewhere during when all of these uh, issues were happening. Some I don't remember who it was, but somebody exactly you know po- uh, posted a tweet saying that okay, you know it was a challenge basically. You know this is my other number, so I challenge you if we can get my details, get it. So some somebody actually replied to that tweet saying that you know if this is your other number, these are all your details, and he could actually post all those details. So, so yeah, it, seriously, it, it is that, actually possible.
2: Uh, yeah. Oh, like, uh, that, since it is dealing with 121 crores, like 1.2 billion people's data, oh, we mm-hmm. have to uh, make some more, uh, we have to take some more measure. I mean, we, I mean, government has to take some more measure to protect all these things
0: yeah <laughs> it is but people who actually say that you know so everything is available everywhere you post everything on your facebook and facebook knows everything so the there is nothing but that's not just a valid argument data is data and it should be protected wherever it is
2: and there is one more uh, important thing consent mm-hmm. Consent, posting exactly for facebook oh. Uh-huh. Upon consent, really, so like yeah. that argument wouldn't stand its hand,
0: it, it won't, yeah. So, so it is actually a serious concern, but
1: yeah, can I uh, link another question related to that? Like, because I'm yeah. in business, uh, I have seen a lot of uh, business models that's uh, revolving around data collection. Like, um, for example, I mean, I feel like most of the businesses moving forward, they're depending a lot on data and analytics and collecting data, and data is power. So, uh, as someone who who is passionate about human rights and is concerned, and as citizens, uh, these datas are collected with concern, but mm-hmm. how do you feel about um, using it uh, for their advantage? In the sense, not in terms of uh, targeted ads, but in terms of understanding you very deeply as a person, uh, not just Facebook, but, you know, health data, your whatever you see mm-hmm. your Alexa listening to you every day. And how do you feel about that? Uh, it is actually, I don't know
0: how it can be sorted out. I think consent is the first issue that uh, should I can
2: be... If there... If uh, yeah. so I can interrupt you there, uh, see, like uh, while uh, uh, so for uh, while uh, while complying on GDPR uh, requirements, we had mm-hmm. to undergo a lot of tests and so. In that, uh, they were mentioning like consent means uh, there are different levels of consent. Uh, it, mm-hmm. It's like uh, when you are signing up on one mm-hmm. particular platform, it doesn't mean, it doesn't give them permission to share your data. So you are giving consent to that particular application to that particular period of time. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, often uh, there uh, is, uh, like, so mm-hmm. suppose we are uh, creating a Facebook account, after one year, we are uh, deactivating it. So as per all these GDPR and other, uh, like, data compliance projects, uh, they're supposed to remove our data from their system mm-hmm. immediately. Immediately mm-hmm. upon re, uh, upon deactivating the account. But, mm-hmm. Maybe Facebook might do that, but many of other companies who are storing data, they won't they want, uh, remove the data from their system. Mm. So that's a serious violation, and uh, it's ha- it could uh, lead to a lot of issues in future. So, like one time we are giving consent doesn't give them the uh, opportunity to use that data anytime they want. Yeah. removing the data from the system is just one aspect of it. There are a lot of things, and i I cannot uh, remove or recollect everything of it, yeah,
0: yeah, it happens. i think I think first the First issue is that hardly anyone is really aware when it comes to all this technological stuff. Even I am really not. I don't think I'm. A, I'm well versed with that data privacy laws or data protection laws or anything, because it's when it comes to technology, it's really complicated. Because you, you remember something during this pandemic period, we had in back home we had this sprinkler issue. So when all of this happens, even the even the people who are Answerable are also really not aware of many technological laws and that's really yeah
2: exactly uh, yeah that that is the real problem here because the general public doesn't have a clear picture of what exactly is going on there because Uh you know uh, not everything is uh, data like privacy or I mean uh, data piracy or anything uh, because yeah. uh, nowadays uh, the concept of you know uh, storing data in a physical system for one particular office is not there. Everything mm-hmm. is on cloud. So mm-hmm. a certain level of data you know sharing is already there. Mm-hmm. Even if uh, you take the example of a small company they might not be having a server, physical server in their office. They'll, they'll just go to Amazon. They'll purchase a chunk of software from Amazon. So that there'll be, you know, uh, suppose uh, there is a bank and that bank is having uh, 100 customers. It's a small bank, okay. So, uh, like larger banks like ICC and all, they will be having a, 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 a clear infrastructure for storing all their data. But small banks can often not afford that. So what they'll do is they'll just approach a cloud service provider and they'll get the enough piece of software so that In this, like, 100 uh, 100, uh, customer bank case, they'll be storing every data in a cloud. But that is kind of compliant. Like, all these cloud providers, like Google, Amazon, and Microsoft, they will work as per all these, like, data protection laws and all. So often this, you know, gets confused with non-consent data or migration and all. That, that, like, there is a, a, that's kind of a, basic uh, necessity of, uh, of this society to educate people in uh, all this kind of you know uh, cloud infrastructure and all then only really they'll understand like what exactly is wrong what exactly is okay permissible
0: yeah that's true even sometimes I feel that even though I'm talking about privacy or rights and everything when when I'm connecting this technology and with law there are so many missing links for me as well because even I'm just in a learning period because when it, for me personally, technology is a parallel world. So it's it's hard for me as a lawyer even to link both of these things. So that's, that, that's just our lack of knowledge and understanding. So we need to actually gain much more knowledge about uh, data protection and everything.
2: Yeah. I think uh, now I I think um, you all might have seen a video of US Congress. Like senators were asking questions to Sundar Pichai and Mark Zuckerberg about their business model. Basically, like uh, Mark and Sundar were kind of uh, explaining technology to all these old senators, and it was really funny. (laughs) There is a gap in every new corner of the world. Like those who make laws. And, uh, you know, these technologies, like they have
0: to work together. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Unless and until you are doing a specialization in, right now, there are a lot of data protection, cyber law specialization and a lot of things. So unless and until you are doing, you are really interested in that and you are doing something like that. I don't think you can speak authoritatively in that topic because there are missing links.
2: Oh uh, yeah, uh, like uh, I think I've heard uh, about a course about a, mm-hmm. about an area of education. Like recently, it's called RegTech, Regulation Technology. So okay. it actually mm-hmm. deals with all kind of complaints and regulations which we need in the in this like uh, information technology era.
0: Oh, that that sounds interesting. I've just
2: heard about it. yeah, that's good. Uh, that's mm-hmm. actually nice. Like uh, similarly, I think there is one called FinTech. Okay. Uh, that uh, yeah it's actually about uh financial technology, technology transformation mm-hmm. all those things yeah so similarly like uh, uh yeah all these ages are kind of developing uh, yeah they, they are one in- more mm-hmm. insurance insurance
0: technology
2: yeah so all these things and are these are actually
0: developing. like evolving yeah, areas of mm, areas of floor areas of whatever yeah but but as I said, I always think again back to the basic question of there are basic rights which are need to be fulfilled in our country, and okay, um, then let's talk about better rights. I don't. I always feel though in that <laughs> way.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, so Aaron, tell me. Uh, so, what if we uh, we saw a human right violation? How to take further measures on that? Like, is it something with uh, you know the court of the, that particular country? We should take that to uh, the court of that particular country, or like, is there any international bodies which are you know directly accessible by uh, individuals like us? No, i've heard the like case. there are like some, some sort of commissions under uh, united nations is that something like we, uh, individual people can be uh, can access
0: the thing about human rights is that as i already told uh, so basically, in domestic laws, we have like statutes for everything, so we have many many laws which says about the which talk about whatever about the for example, if it's a criminal law, it talks about the offences and the punishments and everything but in international law, we don't have any acts like that we don't have any statutes like that so uh, and in a, in in countries like India, for us, domestic laws are supreme, and international laws are only subordinate to it. Or international laws acts as only references or interpretations for our domestic laws. So in, in such situations, like I previously said, there are politicians in India who argue that human rights are some Western concepts, and it's not applicable to a country like India. So in in such situations technically or international human rights are difficult to enforce in domestic jurisdiction and as you asked uh, there are no international bodies or international courts where individuals can have access to it there are they can only be accessed by states so even if we are arguing for any human rights violations we can only approach our supreme court of india so that that that's actually a difficult part in uh, uh ultimately enforcing human rights in a domestic jurisdiction
2: oh uh, okay all right so what mm-hmm. if there is a state is committing atrocities against its own citizens uh, like we are seeing like all these war crimes and all so if state yeah. is the culprit or uh, or accused uh, so what is the uh, you know what is the action which we can uh, take on
0: so is basically there There are human rights bodies that can impose any sanctions or mandate us. So even, for example, for that matter, when Delhi riots happened or when we uh, initiated our CAA in our country, there were international bodies who actually, you know, uh, what do I say? It was not punishment or anything of that sort, but they actually raised their voice against us. But... uh, it all yeah, depends like on how. And we, changed, all right. Yeah, and UN or UNHRC okay. and everybody, they all had raised their voice against her. I'm saying they raised their voice against us, but it all depends on uh, how we are reacting to it. In that situation, that's why in India responded saying that okay, it's none of your business. It's something that's happening in our domestic jurisdiction. So that's the end of the story. So that's how yeah, ultimately okay. it can lead to it. So, uh, otherwise, so basically, that's how th- th- those are the loopholes where national or uh, pol- political bodies are uh, stopping the enforcement of human rights. Otherwise, I can completely say that our NRC and the Delhi riots and everything happened in our country are completely, I mean, uh, atrocities, com- atrocities and violations of human rights. But at the end of the day, nothing happens on paper unless and mm-hmm. until we have a strong judiciary, domestic judicial body that can take strong action and say that okay, yeah. these are violations and this cannot be permitted in our country. Oh,
2: okay, okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. So thanks Irene. All those were you know are burning questions about all these laws and rights and all. So uh, from this discussion I understood that all these rights uh, Everything depends upon the value, the value that society which imparts it. So um uh, in a value-based society, all these things like uh, all uh, data privacy, be it data privacy or be it human rights, everything will have a meaning. So that that's what that is my key takeaway uh, from this discussion. Yeah, over to you, Erin.
0: Yeah, that, that, that's true. I completely agree with you. And uh, I don't know if I was able to uh, give, sorry. I, mean, I don't know if it was a totally productive discussion because first of all, this was completely unprepared. And secondly, talking about human rights in whatever, 20 minutes or half an hour is, uh, I don't know, it, it's a really difficult job because as you said, human rights are, it's a universal concept and it is a value-based concept and it is a uh, oh, very wide topic to discuss so uh, i hope to have maybe another discussion some other day where we can uh, continue this maybe or yeah we can continue this discussion l- later on as well yeah it was a really good experience meeting Akhil and nikki i knew nikki already so uh yeah thank you for invite inviting me to this one one okay what was the name of this podcast
1: Sorry,
2: just think about 11. Why it is it not called 1T1? One 1T1? One yeah, because 21 okay. is
0: 21. Oh, okay,
2: right? 21. Oh, okay, one t okay. why not 1T1? We felt you know, 11 okay. is so mm-hmm. ordered out.
0: Oh okay, oh, okay, okay. So, so anyway, thank you for inviting me. Uh, whenever you, you three, or your in-house speakers get bored of each other, just invite me. Just remember that I'm a, only a podcast away. So I'll be happy to join you
1: guys anytime. Yeah, Nikki, go ahead. Thank you, Irene. Uh, to be honest, uh, I would say that this was a really candid conversation that we had today. Um, while I was reading uh, certain things about, um, you know, how analytics is going to be a big thing in business. uh, There are a lot of questions that um, I had in my mind that at least some of it we could uh, share today and discuss today. And uh, uh, as you said, as it was an unplanned discussion, uh, I think, we we did not go deep into a lot of concepts that actually were very interesting to us and I really look forward to ha- having another discussion with you, Irene and Akil, and hopefully we'll have a panel as well that day. And uh, thank you so much. Uh, so as much as we enjoyed, I hope you guys also enjoyed this wonderful podcast with our guest Irene. Catch you guys next week with another interesting topic. Till then, take care.
2: Bye-bye. Bye-bye, guys. Bye-bye.